Well, welcome everybody. Welcome to Friends Day. I, I hope that uh, if it's your first time here today that you've been welcomed, been assaulted by our friendliness today. Uh, we pride ourselves on that. I have had two complaints in the last seven years uh, that we were too friendly. And do you know what? I, I love that. Uh, I take every complaint serious, but I love being friendly because I hate it when people come from anywhere and they say, you know, I visited some place three times and nobody ever said hi and nobody knew me. Uh, at South Point, uh, we want to know you. We want get to you, get you connected with other people that are in your stage of life and having a good time and uh, let you understand that God's got purpose. He's got goals in your life. And uh, we're going to do this thing together. We're going to succeed at it. Amen. Well, uh, I hope you've seen outside when you came in. We've got some food trucks after service, after both services and in between. They'll be ready to go. I've got uh, some taco truck, Philly cheesesteak truck, and barbecue. The reason I tell you that is the more you, hey, that's great, Pastor, and amen me while I'm preaching, the faster I'll go. Okay? Um, we, have a, we do have a little bit of an abbreviated service today because it's Friends Day. And not because we want to shortchange you or misrepresent our church. Our, our services usually last an hour, five to ten minutes, something like that. But what we want is more time between our services today for you to hang out with your friends. For you to be able to eat. We have some picnic tables, some seating areas over there, the inflatables with the kids. Lots of fun stuff. Stand around, hang out for however long you want, eat lunch, get to meet some people at South Point and introduce yourself and uh, find some people you don't know. That would be awesome today. Find some people you don't know. Um, and then we'll have a good time, okay? Does that sound great? All right, good. Man, I just feel like pulling up a chair and getting a barbecue sandwich and preaching a little bit this morning. For those of you that don't know me, if this is your first time here today, I would, uh, I would love for you to take a moment in that bulletin. Uh, there's uh, that orange bulletin you got when you walk through the front door. There's a card that folds out sometime during the service. Fill that out. It's going to be a short service, so uh, be quick and drop it in the offering as you leave that we're going to do offering as we exit today. So you can just drop it in there as you leave, and it'll just let us know you're here. We're not going to stop by and you know your house surprise you or do a Bible quiz in your living room or anything like that. All we want to do is just shoot you an email and let you know, hey, we're, we appreciate you coming. What can we do for you? If the anything and uh, let you know uh, some things about South Point. So that's what we'd love to kick you in on. My name is Scott Morris. I'm the lead pastor here. We have some incredible pastors. We have some incredible leaders all around South Point. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get to know how incredible throughout this for the next few minutes. I'm, I'm going to tell you a few secrets about some of them. But first, let me show you. Let me show you. Have you ever wondered how many times, like, let me ask you, have you ever wondered what the most Googled things on the internet are. You, you almost get embarrassed thinking about it, don't you? Well, I looked it up uh, this week just to make sure. And in the top 50 most Googled things on the internet was one of the most incredible statements. You get a lot of insight into how we think, especially because they can narrow it down to different countries. They can narrow it down to different states. The most Google thing in a state, that's, that was hilarious during the 2016 presidential election. Very entertaining just to read through what people were asking, wanting some definitions of things other candidates were saying. So it was great. But let me show you here the in the top 50 things, nope, not that, the top 50 things uh, <laughs> Googled, man, I'll show you that in a minute. Was that was what is my purpose in life? It's in the top 50 things Googled in the United States of America. 
50 things on the internet or top 50 things that people are wanting to know. They're asking, what's my purpose in life? What am I here for? Have you ever thought about that? Everybody just do this because we've all thought about it. Like, what, what am I here for? Am I here for my job? Am I here for my, a marriage? Am I here to make money? Am I here to, to live in Oklahoma? What, what, like, what is my purpose in life? What is, what is it all about? Well, when I was growing up, I thought at about 12, 13 years old, I thought I figured my purpose out. I was going to be a Navy SEAL. How many, how many other guys wanted to go to the military in here when you were growing up? Let me see some hands. Come on. Oh, come on. Y'all are bashful? Yeah. So some of us did. And my whole thing was I grew up hunting and fishing. I grew up swimming, all that kind of stuff. I was good at it. And I decided at about 12 or 13, I thought, I want to travel the world and kill people with my pinky, okay? Like secretly, you know, sneak in. That's what I thought Navy SEALs did. They're just, they just snuck around and they got the bad guy. They'd need weapons. And they just had like a plastic spoon in their mouth. That was it. And they destroyed bad guys. And as I, as I kind of grew into that, uh, I started like running and exercising and all that. And then at 15, we lived in some apartments. And across the hall, a retired Navy drill sergeant moved in. This was God showing me my purpose in life. Me and him started talking. He came out and I was, I was up early doing exercises and stuff. And he came out and visited with me, smoking his big cigar and introduced himself. And, and within the next couple of weeks, he brought me a box of drill sergeant manuals. One of them was demolitions. I don't know if y'all know what that means, but that's how to blow up things. Don't give 15-year-olds books over demolitions, all right? They were yellow, three-wing binder, about, they were about 15 of them. Can I tell you what I did for the next month? I read everything. We blew up trees, we blew up beaver dams, anything, we, cars that were rusted out, we blew them up. You know, I mean, we just, uh, it was way before, nowadays you do that, you blow up something little and you go to prison for 400 years. Back in the day, the cops would show up and go, you're not supposed to be doing that. We go, we promise not to do it again, and they'd let you go. That's how that rolled back then. So I, I just started, I, I uh, got certified in scuba diving, all of that kind of stuff as I got older, 15, 16. And it, on my 15-year birthday, 15-year-old birthday, I got enough money that I went to what used to be, I'm going to date myself, Crossroads Mall. And if you went on a, in on that southeast corner, and you, that first store on the left was the Asian store. How many remember that? Had all the cool swords. Had all the throwing stars, the bonsai trees, all that kind of stuff. And the really mean old lady behind the counter that would run you out if you didn't buy something in about five minutes. I was the victim of that several times. But they also sold ninja suits. Yeah, I know, I know. That, I'm, I'm saying other weird things about myself right now, aren't I? So I bought myself a ninja suit because what more do you need when you want, let me just show it to you. Well, you all saw the picture of it real quick. This was exactly what I looked like at 15 years old on a Friday night. I actually, when I became a Christian and got, got saved in college and started working for a police officer in our church, he said, you know, I remember when they would put out the APB on the ninja over on the west side of town. Because so many times, in fact, one night, me and a couple of, couple of buddies that were with me on the whole, let's creep around, let's learn how to do this. You know, I'm, I mean, super nerd stuff. So 
we snuck over. There was another apartment complex down the road. We snuck over, and they were having, some college students were having a big party on the second floor. And we were down below. They had a little fence area. You know, we're down there. We're sneaking, watching. They're on the balcony and everything. Well, everybody starts to go in, and we're kind of just three of us down there. And the guy up on the top balcony decides he needs to go to the restroom. You better have some disappearing powder if you're a ninja. So I did what all good ninjas do in that situation when he started going to the restroom on the fence that I'm on. I'll just leave it at that. I just stood up and took off running. No sneakiness about it. He yelled at us. Now we have a herd of college guys coming down the stairs to beat the fire out of these high school kids that have been spying on their party. We run around the corner, down the street, through some yards. Uh, I went up and over a fence with a guy about this far behind me and went through a doghouse when I landed. I just was so glad there wasn't a dog in it. Went up and over a chain link fence that shredded my hands because there was no slowing down. This ninja was getting out of there. I was, and when I came around, I lived upstairs. And when I came around and started to run upstairs, I'm running as fast as I can, totally ninja out. And a highway patrolman draws down on me and screams, freeze. And I went, hey, it's Scott. <laughs> I pulled my little hood off. And it happened to be a guy that I played football with a couple of years before another God moment in my life, that he just didn't shoot me coming up those stairs. And all through, that, that was kind of, that was a super nerd year of my life. Had a lot of fun, have a lot of memories that I will share with you privately sometime if you'd like. But even after that, I, I became certified in scuba diving. I, I uh, did all kinds of stuff that would help. Uh, I took, you know, the military testing, all that kind of stuff. And at 18... I walked into the recruiter's office on MacArthur Boulevard in Oklahoma City, walked in, was ready to go, knew the guy. They had swapped guys. There was a different guy. As we sat down to walk to the interview, he let me know because of some medical things that had happened a couple of years before that I could enter the Navy, but it disqualified me to try out for the SEALs. Now, let me set you up with something. Till that time, because y'all have heard some of my crazy stories. From that time, from birth till then, 18... I was, a, I was a lost kid, liked to fight and all the stuff that comes with it, but I had never drank or done drugs in my life, and I'd never had sex. Not because of my Christian faith, because I didn't want anything to mess up my opportunities to get into the seals. I want to at least have a good tryout, you know what I'm saying? That night, we had a big, that, that day in the recruiter's office, had a big to-do. I was escorted out by some Navy officers. That would say we can do this easy way or the hard way. I was willing to do it the hard way, and they were much nicer. Um, they took me out, set me down, explained what the other guy should have explained nicely. They explained that to me. I went home that night, and all the things that I had not done in my life, that night, I did them. And there's a scripture later in my life when I realize, when I look back, gave my life to Christ in college, I look back on that time. There's a scripture, I, I don't have it on, in your notes today because we're going get, to get into some scripture in a second. That says, without a vision, the people perish. Another version of that scripture, same, another translation says, without a revelation, like an understanding, they will cast off restraint. You see, as long as I knew what my purpose was, what I thought was my purpose up until that time, I was restrained. I could do the things 
crazy thing, you know, fired or whatever that I thought I can get out of. This isn't going to hurt me in my purpose in life. But once they pulled that purpose in my life, I just cast off restraint. I had no revelation of what my purpose was in life. And all throughout scripture, we see people asking Jesus similar things. We see people asking, what's my purpose? We look that on the internet 2,000 years later, and guess what the top things people are asking are? What's my purpose? Because when you have purpose, it brings focus in life. It brings understanding. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And let me tell you, we, we at South Point, we're here to help bring focus to your purpose in life. And we think that Jesus narrowed it down to what our purpose is. Let me read that to you. Matthew twenty two thirty four says this. Jesus, let me set it up really quick before you read it. Jesus was being drilled by the religious leaders of his time. They were trying to trick him and get him in a, a, an answer that conflicted so they could prove that he wasn't God's son because everything up until this point was starting to lead toward, hey, this dude may be really God's son. I mean, he's, he's sharp. He's got it. He's got it figured out. The miracles that he's doing, all the stuff that he's saying, it's all lining up. And so that's where we catch this. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, one of the religious uh, groups, another religious group, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? You see, there were over 100, 600 and something commandments in the law, in the Old Testament. The law of Moses, the other laws. And they wanted to say, why don't you prioritize these for us so we can trick you in there? That's what they were asking. And Jesus replied, here it is. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. He puts these two together. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then the, the sentence that makes it all stick, that brings in purpose. And he says that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. When you walk in our lobby and you see this giant thing on the wall that says, love God and love people, it's not just a cool decoration. It's because we believe that Jesus did that same thing, like what we're trying to do in the lobby, that he does this, did the same thing to the people that were following him. He took this giant, confusing, like what is religion and God and all my choices and where am I supposed to go and what's my purpose in life? And he said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here it is, let me just tell you. Just love God and love people. That is your purpose. That's your purpose in life. Out of that, other things will come. You'll understand your strengths and your weaknesses and all those things. But in that, that's your purpose, to love God and to love people. See, sometimes we think that it's our talent, right? That we're super talented. Like last night, I'm watching, how many watched the football game yesterday, right? Watching the football game. Y'all are lying. How many watched a football game yesterday? Yeah. How many were freaking out about a football game yesterday? Yeah, me too. Okay. How many? It ended okay for some? Some others? Mm, okay. Yeah. And you watch those guys, and sometimes, here's what I want to, if I ever get a chance to speak to the, you know, big leagues, Division I, NFL, something like that, here's what I would tell them. This talent that you have, that's not your purpose, Sometimes we think that that's our destination. Man, God's blessed me with this, so this is my purpose. Your purpose is to love God and love people. And what God will do is use your gifts and your abilities and your talents as the transportation to your destination. You get that? It's the way to get you the platform in the NFL, to get you the platform at your job. It's the giftings that God has allowed you to have in life to elevate you. That's your transportation to your purpose. 
Isn't that good? Transportation to your purpose. Acts 20, 35, Paul says it like this. Paul, remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I love when he says things like that because I immediately go, I don't, I don't know about that. Because my flesh, y'all get what I'm saying? My flesh immediately goes, I really like having things. I, like, I really like, I mean, wouldn't you love a great big gift today? A great big present? But he says it's more blessed. He didn't say it's more fun, it's more happy. He said, but it blesses you more, it strengthens you more when you give more, when you give versus you receiving. And why does he say that? Because just what Jesus said, let me sum up the Bible. Let me sum up religion. Love God and love people. One word, giving it changes both us and the people we're around, right? When I'm giving my love and affection to somebody, when I'm giving my time to somebody, when I'm giving my resources to somebody, that is changing me, right? It's humbling me. It's growing me. It's making me a better person. That's why it blesses me, but it's also blessing them, and you get a twofer out of it. If you are with me, elbow your neighbor and say, I got this. My, my talent growing up was, oh, I didn't have any talents. I played basketball one semester. I asked the coach after the third game when I was going to get to play, and he said, as long as I'm the coach? Not on my team. He said, do you know where the weight room's at? That's where I'd go hang out during basketball practice. Okay. Love to play football. I'd go against anybody. B, second string all the time. Those, those things that, most things that I try to like. But what I found that I was really good at is somebody would go, but you can't do that. Everybody else is afraid to do that. I'd say, well, line forms here, chickens. And I have the x-rays, the stitches, all of that to prove it. But, and, and growing up, I thought that's, that's Navy sealed. You understand what I'm saying? I thought that, that's why, I mean, like, why else am I not good at everything else, but I'm really good at these things? Like, we, we can walk into a frat house at college, and somebody would say something, I go, which one do you want, Brent? And my best friend, and Brent would say, that guy. And I said, I'll take those two, and we'd just get after it. And it was, like, fun for us. People would be screaming, hollering. I'm like, this is awesome. That's weird I figured that out. Do you know that? That's not normal. I talked to Britt now, and we still laugh about it. Like, I don't think our brains kicked into like 30-ish. But those talents just need to be put in God's hands so they could be used to drive me through the purpose of just loving God and loving people. God has a purpose for you. He just wants you to love God, build that relationship, start on one step at a time, and then he wants you, in return, to just start loving people. You see, I'll, I'll, and you ask my friends, I'll do anything. If somebody says, hey, there's the president, go talk to him. I'm like, cool, let's go. It's just a man, right? i never forget when we were, we were in a transgender, transsexual, gay community in Houston, Texas. One of the second largest one in the world. And all of these church people I were with were just like this. We were like this. 
our associate pastor was with us. He was in my group. And we're all sitting there, and all we came to do that night, and it was crazy, like, like uh, it was crazy. It's partying going on. It's very uncomfortable. If you're not, you know, if you're not used to that, it's very uncomfortable. And they said, we, we all kind of, we sit on a fence, a pipe fence that was on the corner of the street. And nobody, we didn't want to go talk to people. Everybody was scared. And I said, you know what? Here, here's the problem. Like, as we're talking to people, we couldn't get anybody to respond. And I said, well, we have, I've told this story once before, but I said, we're presenting ourselves wrong. And so I, I kind of unbuttoned my shirt and tied it. Hey, what kind of, what are you fishing for? No. But what I'm saying is that was one of those things that I just go, well, let's just do this. And I remember we were, we were all of us, including myself, we were batting zero that night. We couldn't get anybody to talk to us, couldn't get anybody to pray with us. All we wanted to do is start the conversation. I'm not looking for revival in Montrose. You know, I'm looking for a step. And I remember doing my shirt, walking over there, and I leaned against the, the pole where everybody was walking and hanging out. And it wasn't 30 seconds. My pole was nibbling, you know. It's like fish were coming up. And I remember this, I remember this guy. Now, let, me, let me just say, this is how God uses your talents. This is totally weird. You don't put this on a job resume. <laughs> but I remember Raul walking up. This guy walking up and said, hey, are you looking for a date? And I said, well, I'm actually, I'm actually waiting for somebody. And uh, we're just kind of making this up on the fly. I'm just making this up. It's not like we had a script. And I said, I'm just, I'm just waiting for somebody. I said, but what are you, where are you going? Where's the hot spot around here? You know, I'm out going. I'm just shooting the breeze with them. And the other groups over here, they're just laughing wide-eyed, like, what's going on? And, and uh, we, we start talking. I said, hey, man. Uh, and he said, uh, well, are you in a relationship? And I said, well, to be honest with you, and I couldn't believe this came out of my mouth. I said, to be honest with you, I, I am. I'm in love with another man. And you know, you're just thinking as this is coming out, um, is this, is this going to offend somebody? Is this going to work? And I just went on through and, and said, uh, yeah, man, you know, my life used to be really messed up. And uh, this guy found me and rescued me and really put me on the right track, saved me from all kinds of, saved me from myself, all this kind of stuff. And so I'm just indebted to him for life. We have, and he's, man, he's looking like, I want that kind of relationship. I'm just lathering him up, you know, it's like, yeah, this is awesome. He's, this is a great guy. And he's like, man, that sounds great. I'm glad. And he said, and I said, uh, well, not what's your name? And he introduced himself, Raul. And I said, hey, Raul. I said, here's the thing, man. I got to be really honest with you. The guy I'm talking about is really Jesus. I said, you know, I was buck wild growing up high school, college, and Jesus really came into my life and, and set me on the right path and uh, loved me. And showed me what was the, the right way to live, saved me, forgave me, all that kind of stuff. And I said, I'm just out here tonight hoping to connect with people that maybe are looking for that. And right in the middle of that, he just like ugly cries, just starts getting into it, starts bawling. Starts telling me how he only does this, comes down here about once a month, that he has a girlfriend. But this is a thing that he's involved with. And that in that, when that happens about once a month, he said, I struggled with suicide for a couple of days afterwards because actually my dad's a pastor. He said, I was raised in a Christian home. And just goes, and so me and him are standing there just crying, talking to one another. And I said, man, Raul, I would love to, I would love to pray with you. Just God to get you on the right track. And he was like, no, 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 
nope. He said, I've already taken stuff for tonight. I'm just going to go and do my thing. And I said, well, well, here's the thing. I want you to know about it. I'll never forget your name. And I'm going to pray, with you, pray for you for the rest of your life. I'm going to pray that God will save you from suicide, save you from depression, the stuff that comes with sin, and that he'll show you how much he loves you, cares for you, and that he has a purpose for your life. And he said, okay, gave me a big hug, and went on off to the club. And those are the kind of things that that night I didn't realize it. But, you know, looking back in my life on my purpose, I'm not afraid to walk out in the middle of a crowd. If I'm at a OU game and they said, you know, hey, will you, the, the David Bourne on his last year wants somebody to climb that flagpole and sing the Star Spangled Banner. I go, well, I don't know the words. I'm not a good climber and I, and I don't sing, but if David Bourne wants me to, I'll do it. Let's go. That's just, that's my talent. Well, how does that work in? Well, believe it or not, it, when you put it in the hands of God, God will give you opportunities in your life to use even your weirdest talents in the purpose that he's designed you for. I'm just here to tell you today that God has a purpose for your life. It's probably not your job. It's probably not your talents. Those are just transportation to your purpose. But if you'll take your little talents, your little gifts, and you'll give those to God, God can save you. He can direct you in the right path. He can give you hope and a future that me, I never thought that that would happen. Never even dreamed something like that would happen. And still to this day, God's using my one or two gifts and working out a purpose, just like he can in you. In Psalms, let me show you one last scripture. In Psalms, I love it, where David writes, taste and see that the Lord is good. He doesn't say, gobble him up. Get all that Jesus you can get. You know what he says? What he's saying is, he said, man, I've experienced some good Jesus in my life. I've experienced God's best. I've experienced his grace, his forgiveness, him walking me through life. But I want you to know that. That's what David's saying. I want you to know it. I want you to know this Lord that I know. And that's what I'm going to leave you with today. I want you to know the Lord. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I would encourage you, just taste and see that the Lord is good. The last book of the Bible, Revelations, in Revelation 3, verse 20, it, Jesus is given an analogy of this. And he says, I stand at the door and knock. Something we can understand. I stand at your door, like your heart, your conscience. I stand at your life and I'm knocking. And he says this, if you'll open the door and let me come in. One version says, I will eat supper with you and you with me. And what that means is we'll start a relationship. We'll just taste and see that the Lord is good. But, but I'm not going to kick down the door. I'm just going to stand there and knock. If you'll open it, I'll come in. So I'd love to pray with you. Would you mind closing your eyes and let me pray with you today? And if you're in this room and you say, Scott, there's nothing more than I want than for Jesus to come into my life and save me. If that's you, then I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. As our band gets ready, we're going to sing another song in a minute. I want you to listen to God's spirit. If that's you in this room, as I pray, will you just tell him, say, Lord, that's me. That's me. I want to taste and see that you are good. Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you for loving us. I thank you that you get to bring us into a place like this today. We get to hear some great worship. We get to hear from your word. But I know that the greatest thing is maybe somebody in this room today doesn't know their purpose. 
They don't know you in their life. They don't understand that by loving you and loving others, you can direct their purpose to the fulfillment of life, their life. So I pray for them today, Lord. If they're to that place where they're ready to open the door and let you come into their life and change their life, I pray that today you would do that. Today you would go into their life as your word says that you would wash away their mistakes, their sins, that you would make them new spiritually and that you would show them you have a hope and a future and a purpose for them. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.